Well, every now and then, as a pastor, you get a little nervous about a sermon that you're about to preach. I have to tell you that this has been one of those weeks. I've spent uh, a lot of hours, had a, a few not great sleep nights thinking about this. Um, reason being, reason being is because two things. One, I think that this is extremely vital and important, not only to the direction of our church as we move forward, but just to living a Christian life, period. And uh, typically when you uh, preach something like this, it's a little challenging. People take it one of two ways. They either uh, take offense or um, they feel challenged by it. And so I hope, my prayer, is that you feel challenged and not offended like I'm attacking you because that's not the goal. Uh, two weeks ago, as a lot of you know, I was called to be the pastor here at Cross Point Fellowship. As I have stated uh, to this point in my life, it's one of the greatest honors that's ever been bestowed upon me, and I don't say that lightly. I mean that 100%. I believe in this church. I believe in these people. I'm excited for our future. I expect godly and good things to take place. But more importantly than the people of this church, I believe wholeheartedly in the God that I serve. It's my belief that any church of God and any person of God has to have three things in their life that they do well to live the best possible Christian life that they can. And those three things are loving, serving, and praying. I think that we have to be able to love, we have to be able to serve, and we have to be able to pray. And with that being said, I'm going to start us by praying. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for this day. I thank you for the message that you've placed on my heart, God. I pray that you completely take me out of the equation this morning, that people see in this your desires and your word. God, as I feel 100% confident that this message is based in Scripture and what you want from us as individuals. I pray that others see this as an opportunity to look inside and to grow and, and not something to be offended at or to feel accused, God, I want people to see your heart and my heart in this. God, I want to be a church that loves people. I want to be a church that serves, and I want to be a church that prays. God, as we discuss this this morning, I feel like this is important for anybody who calls himself a Christian. And so help us to receive this word. God, may it come directly from you and land directly in our hearts. This I ask for in your son's name. Amen. So let's talk about love. Love. It seems really obvious to say that we have to love people, right? Like as Christians, we're supposed to love people. As a church, we're supposed to love people. But if I'm honest, I don't think we do it well enough. And when I say that, I don't necessarily mean cross point. I mean the church as a whole and Christianity as a whole. I don't think we love people well enough. But Crosspoint happens to be a part of the church. And so, in a way, I am speaking to us as well. Matthew twenty-two thirty-four through 40 says, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with a question. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. The greatest commandments in the world 
are to love the Lord with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. In verse 39, it tells us that the second is like it. The second is like it. Which tells me that our love for others directly correlates and reflects on our love with God. If we love God the way that we say we love God, the way that Scripture calls us to love God, we have to love people. It's a prerequisite. It's what has to happen. It's something that we must do. Not optional, not when we feel like it, but all the time. We have to love people. What does it mean to love others like God loves us? Well, Scripture tells us that too. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. Now, my suggestion here is not that you go out and automatically become a martyr for people around you, or that you kill yourself and say, I'm doing this because I love you. But my point being is that we have to be willing to give rid of everything in our life at the cost of loving others. That loving others has to be the most important thing to us. That everything that we have, we look at as junk. We look at as stuff. And we see people as the prize. And we love people regardless of where they come from, regardless of what they may have done in the past, regardless of what they have done to us. We have to love people. Love is key. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3 says that if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Here's the thing. People will come to our church. They may not like me very much, which I can totally understand. <laughs> People may come to our church and they may not like our band very much, which I can understand a lot less. Amen, Winifred. But people can always leave our church and feel loved. They may come and they may say, I don't know about that pastor. And they can come and they say, I'm not so sure about the music. But they can always come to our church and feel loved. They can leave saying, I'm not sure about the music. I'm not sure about that guy. But there was something different about that place. They valued me. When I came in, I was talked to. When I came in, people showed me that they actually cared. They offered to show me around. They told me about themselves. They told me about the church. They said, go get a donut. Grab some juice. They actually took the time out of their morning to show that I was valued and that I was important. Every single Sunday that a visitor comes, they can leave saying that. All the other things that we can't necessarily control, we can control that. We can control how we love people. I want people to say that Cross Point was welcoming. They loved me. I was talked to. I was valued. And I want to be a part of that. Now listen, I want to grow. I will make no Bones about it, I think, is the saying. I don't know if that's the saying. It sounds right. <laughs> I want to grow. I want to. I think that we need to grow. I think that that's a sign of a healthy church. By this time next year, by this time next year, when we revisit this October 2019, I would like to see this church regularly averaging 100 people a Sunday. Regularly. I want that. But this is the honest truth. 
I will not chase numbers. I just won't do it. We can have every program under the sun and we can do everything that a healthy church is supposed to do and we can provide everything that we could possibly provide, but if it is not based in love, if everything we do is not an act of love, then I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it just because. I don't want to do it because we want more people through the door. I don't want to do it because we want people to like us. I don't want to do it because uh, we think it's great. I want people to know Jesus. I want people to see Jesus. And they're going to see that through the way that we love each other and the way that we love them. And that is extremely important to me. I would rather be 10 strong chasing after Jesus than have 100 of us in here and just looking to get numbers and just looking to check things off our list. I just don't want to do that. And I won't support that. I just won't. I can't. I can't live with myself and support that. But what I can live with is a group of people who are constantly chasing after Jesus, who want to love people more than anything in the world. Because I think that's what we're supposed to do. I think that's what Scripture tells us that we have to do. I want to see five new believers baptized in this church by this time next year. That's terrifying for me to say, to be honest. Because statistics say our church this size won't do it can't do it but I don't care about statistics and I'll be honest I don't believe in statistics I believe in Jesus I believe in God I believe in the power that he has and in the love that you all have and I think that we can bring people into this place and that we can show them a God that they have never met before and that we can bring them into the relationship with those people and that we can disciple them and I think that healthy churches baptize new believers And it's something that we need to do. Love. We have to love. Part of love is serving others. Let's talk about serving. We are here to serve. I've heard that, to be honest, almost every Sunday since I've come to Crosspoint. It's cute. It's catchy. But is it true? Because the truth is, if it's not true, I don't want to say it. I don't want to lead services or end service with Crosspoint Fellowship. We're here to serve if that's not the case. I think that it derives from good motives. I think it comes from a heart of people who truly do want to serve others. But when it comes down to it, are we measuring up? Are we measuring up? I want it to be so true that Crosspoint is here to serve. But I also recognize that just because I say something doesn't mean that it's true. I have the rock's body. (laughs) Still didn't happen. Right? I am six foot six. Still didn't happen. Like there's lots of things we can say that we want to be true, but that doesn't make them true. In order to make a statement true, we have to live that out. Now, I want to be very clear about my heart here because my heart here is not to guilt you into feeling like you have to be doing something all the time, 100% of the time, and you have to be going above and beyond what it is that God wants from you. What I want, what I want, and what I think Scripture calls us to do is to search our hearts, to chase God, and to be willing to say, God, what is it that you want from me? 
and then for us to act on it. So for some of you, that means that opportunities we have, like serving at the night like Christmas party, or working at the community kitchen, or working with the Pregnancy Resource Center, or coming up with a new way that you want to serve in this community because you're passionate about something, you will do that because God is saying, you have the time to do this, and I am calling you to do this, and this is what I want from you. And you saying, I will do it. I fully recognize that some of you serve all throughout your week. I fully recognize that some of you are not physically able to stand for hours and serve in different capacities. I'm not asking for you to break your body. I'm not asking for you to wear yourself out. I'm not asking you to do anything beyond what it is that God wants you to do. And I think that we have to be a church. We have to be a people who chase God and love people enough to say, when God calls me to serve, I will do it. When God calls me to serve, I will do it. Because what happens at most churches, all churches that I've been a part of, is that a small group of people ends up serving for everyone. And if that's the case, then I'll change our slogan to Crosspoint Fellowship, they are here to serve. It's just what we'll do. Truth be told, we probably won't say it. I won't actually actually say Crosspoint Fellowship, they are here to serve. But I want you to know that you can serve in many other ways other than going to the community kitchen or working with Nightlight. There's many jobs inside of our church that need to be done. There's children that need to be ministered to. There's floors that need to be cleaned. There's people that need to be prayed over. I want you to know that prayer is an act of service. Prayer is powerful. And prayer is something that our church needs so much. So know that there is a way for you to serve in this place that does not require you to do something that you cannot physically do. Okay? I I, I don't want to guilt anybody today. I don't want anybody to feel like I'm attacking you. I'm not. I just want the best for you. I want the most Christian, godly life that you can have. Matthew 23, 11 through 12 says that the greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The thing is that your desires are irrelevant. My desires, they're irrelevant. I'm not saying that God doesn't care about you. I'm not even saying that God doesn't care about what you want. I'm just saying that what God wants takes precedence. What God wants takes precedence, and that's how it should be for every single one of us. That when we come to God and we say we are Christian and we are in relationship with God, we seek His will first. We say, God, I may want to do this, but is this what you want me to do? And if it's not, then I won't do it. And if there's something else you want me to do, then show me what that is and I will do it. We all have gifts. We all have gifts. 1 Peter 4.10 says that each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We all have gifts. All of us, and we're all meant to use them to serve. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, if you don't feel like it, then don't worry about it. Like I've heard, I've had so many people, hey, go, go say hi to that person. And they'll say, I'm really an introvert. Oh, well, then don't worry about it. God was like, hey, no big deal. Because when Moses said, don't send me, I don't want to go, God was like, okay, I'll find somebody else. Oh, wait, that didn't happen. Moses was still called and Moses still had to go. And when Jonah said, I don't want to go to that group of people. I don't really like that group of people. That group of people is bad. I'm not going to do it. And God says, no, you're going because that's what I'm telling you to do. And Jonah's like, watch this. I'm not. Goes the other way. And then he ends up in a fish. 
And then he ends up spit out, and then he wants to curse a plant, and then God's like, what the plant do? And John's like, nothing. I'm just mad. I didn't want to do it. And God's like, I didn't ask you if you wanted to do it. I called you to do it. That's what service is. It's doing what God wants us to do. Here's the thing. If he allowed his son to be beaten and broken and murdered, and what I would argue is the greatest act of service in all of mankind, I don't think that he is going to be too concerned with the fact that you don't feel like it or you find yourself busy or you weren't a huge fan of this or a huge fan of that. Something just tells me that your convenience isn't his top priority. I don't know. I dream of a day. I dream of a day where when we have various serving opportunities, we have to turn people away because we have way too many people to do what we need to do and they're, certain, and they're like, well, we don't need that many. I dream of that day where we can say, hey, we're going to get you on the next go-round, like the next cycle you're in. Just be prepared. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be phenomenal? I think that would be just the greatest. Here's the thing. Our faith is supposed to be active. This is at the, at the heart of the issue. Our faith is supposed to be active. And if you come Sunday and you don't think about church until next Sunday when you decide maybe I will come, maybe I won't. I don't really feel like it. It's raining. It's cold. My bed is so comfortable, which I understand because I felt that this morning. You're doing this wrong. We're just doing it wrong. Church is not supposed to be a pit stop where we just come and refuel and then go about our way. It's not what it's about. You don't come only when you feel like it. We aren't a club. We're a family. As Christians, church is what we are supposed to be a part of. It's who we are together. We are church. We're a family. We're supposed to bear each other's burdens. We're supposed to go through this thing together. I think that Crosspoint can and will do that. I look forward to that. I look forward to our future where we say, not our will, God, but yours. I will push for that. I will ask you to serve in ways that you may not be 100% comfortable with. But I will also tell you this, that at no point in your time here at Crosspoint do I want service to just be another check on your list. Okay? If you are doing that every if you're doing everything that God has asked you to do, you're doing everything that God has called you to do, I want you to rest confidently and comfortably in that. Knowing that you are fulfilling the will of your Father and that what men say or men think or men want, honestly, at the end of the day, does not matter. Amen. She is on it today. And if there are ways that God does want you to serve above and beyond what you do, then do that. Then do that. Revelation 3.15 and 16 says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. This is a letter to a church, a successful church, that Jesus is saying, I know your deeds. Listen, we are either all in or we're not. There's no toe in the water. There's no, I'll just sit on the edge of the pool and let my feet hang in. You're either doing a cannonball or you're out of this thing. That's what it's supposed to be. And these aren't my words. It's all or nothing, but these are not my words. This isn't my will. This isn't my wish. Of course, I align with that. I hope that's the case, but this is Scripture. This is Scripture. 
Let's talk about prayer. And I'm going to try to blast through this. I know I'm going long and I'm sorry. We must pray and then pray and then pray. And then when we finish, we must pray. Because we are supposed to always pray. In his final instructions to the church, Thessalonica, Paul exhorted them in a verse in 5.17. He says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. The Greek word here is adialapetos. Don't ask me to say it again. But it means without stopping. It talks about continuous action, going on forever. Our lives are supposed to be a constant conversation with God. And if I'm being honest, and this is from leadership down, I don't think that our church prays enough. And I don't think that we pray intentionally enough. I think that we have to seek what God wants from us. I think we need to pray constantly. Not just when we're transitioning out of service and I need the band to come up between my sermon and give us an opportunity to turn the lights off and it works out. I'm not saying it's bad to pray at those times. Okay, I Never am I questioning prayer being a good or bad thing, but I'm just saying that's not all it's supposed to be. That's not all it's supposed to be. Would it make you feel good to know that you are being prayed for? If you are a regular attender of Crosspoint, and if you become a regular attender of Crosspoint, you are being prayed for regularly. I took our entire roster, I split it up among leadership, and they have dedicated themselves and said that they will pray for you weekly. Weekly, someone is praying for you. Think about that. Weekly. For your well-being, for God's will to be done in your life, for your pain, for your suffering, for whatever it is that you need. Weekly, you are being prayed for. I think that's a good thing. We need to pray for one another. We need to bear one another's burdens. We need to pray for God's will for our church and for each of us as individuals. I think that we just don't do it enough, but we will. We will. We're going to dedicate some services to prayer. I think that's going to be fantastic. Now, I know that some of you aren't comfortable praying out loud, and guess what? I can't force you to do it, and I won't even ask you to do it, but I will ask you to come and devote yourself to a day of prayer silently in groups, praying for God's will in your life, in this church, in the lives of others. We are going to pray, and we are going to be specific about the things that we ask for. We are going to ask for God's grace. We are going to ask for God's goodness. We are going to ask for His blessing. Matthew 7, 7 through 12 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asked for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, would give him a snake? If you, then though you are evil, Scripture, not me saying this, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven get good gifts Give good gifts to those who ask Him. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. This sums up the law and the prophets. Here we go again. Do to others what you would have them do for you. Pray for others. Because I think we could all say that it feels good when others pray for us. And it's a good thing when others pray for us. And when we ask of God with the right heart, with humility, with an attitude that says we are seeking your will, God will give. And God will bless because Scripture says it is so. I want us to be a Bible-centered, people-loving, service-driven, constantly praying church. I want this place to feel like home. 
I want you to miss it when you aren't here on Sundays. I want you to long for it. I want you to say, I can't wait to go to small group. I can't wait to be in church today. I don't feel the greatest, but I'm going anyways because that is family. That is home. That's what church is supposed to be. And we foster that type of environment in our love for one another. I want you all to know that you are loved, that you are prayed for, and that I am here to serve you. I would ask that you seek God's will and how he would have you love and serve and pray for others. I crave godliness. I crave Jesus. I can honestly say that more than anything in this world, I want to be just like him, and I know that I will not get there, and I know that I am not perfect, and I know that I am not close. But I want us all to get there, and I want us all to chase that. I don't want this to be a place where you just come sit. I want this to be a place that stirs you to do the work of God and stirs you to be in relationship with God because that's what church is supposed to be. Just know that you are loved and that this place can be family if you so choose for it to be. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for everything that you are and everything that you have done for us in this life. God, you gave your all for us. And in return, Scripture tells us that we are to give our all for you, that we are supposed to see the things of this world as trash. That we're supposed to chase your will and we're supposed to chase your heart and we're supposed to do the things that you would have us do even when we're uncomfortable, even when we're not sure that it's what we want to do. God, I pray that you take any spirit like that out of this place, God, but that you give us a heart that chases after you. That you give us a just one-mindedness that seeks to do the will of Jesus. I think that Cross Point can shine like a lighthouse in the middle of a stormy ocean. I really do. I pray for these people weekly and pray for them now. And God, I just ask that you lay it on their hearts to chase you. That you don't give them comfort if they're not seeking your will. God, I pray that if anybody today feels like this was some sort of attack, that you would just show them your heart in this matter, that you would let them feel and see my heart in this matter, that this truly comes from a place of humility and love, that I am on this journey along with them, and I am trying to chase the same things. And when I look at Scripture, God, this is what's there. Help us to be a people who loves people. I ask for these things in your name. Amen. Now, I will be back over here to the right. For those of you that need to come pray with me or talk to me about anything, please do not hesitate to do so. There are a couple things that every person has to make a decision on. Okay, the first of those things is whether or not you believe in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Some of you may have come to the realization along your road, along your path, that you're just not quite there. Come talk to me about that. Come talk to me about that. Don't leave this place today without at least having a conversation on whether or not Jesus is right for you. I'll skip to the end of the answer. He is. Some of you are believers in Jesus. Some of you 
are Christians and you've had a relationship for a long time and you're going through hurt, you're going through pain, you're going through suffering, you've found yourself falling away from Jesus, maybe you need to rededicate your life, you need to recommit to this thing that we call Christianity, to this one-on-one relationship with Jesus where we chase him with everything that we have. Come talk to me about that. Some of you may be interested in becoming a member of Crosspoint, and I will tell you this, that if that is your choice, we love to have you. We would be honored to have you, and we will accept you with open arms. Come talk to me about that. Otherwise, stand and worship the God who loves and serves and answers prayer.